Welcome, all fellow wannabes. Welcome to the show. This is uh, Game Club. This is the one we're recording, right, Caleb? Game Club? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that's what we're I talking think about so. today. It's... Sometimes I don't know what we're talking about, but yeah, we'll figure I, it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, every time I show up to do this thing, I'm like, now, which which one? It just all kind of runs together. Um, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Game Club from Wannabe Critic Productions. And this is the... Uh, the exclusive gaming feed for Wannabe Critic Productions, um, gaming review feed, should I say. G- gaming reviews, uh, interviews, you know, with developers and things like that. Um, you know, we're always trying to kind of make it a bigger a bigger thing, but it's mostly just reviews, you know, is what this feed is dedicated to. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Gabriel Fast, and uh, joining me on this particular episode is one Caleb Henley himself, a fellow wannabe, by the way. Caleb, how you feeling, bro? Dude, I'm good. I'm excited to be uh, talking about this game, but it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I was glad I could steal away a few minutes from Dunder Mifflin here to, uh, you know, be able to talk about Spider-Man 2018, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, yeah, we've been talking about doing this one for a long time, like even since last year. Uh, and, you know, I it's it's kind of one of those things that feels like games that came out two or three years ago. I still consider them like new. You know what I mean? And I know that's the wrong thing to do but like to me in my mind it's like oh no these are still these are still relevant these are still new even though there's a new spider-man game out now which we know is miles morales um but no it's good to have you here it's good to good to talk about it um we are going to be going over spider-man 2018 uh we buy insomniac games of course and we uh we're not going to really be talking about the dlc a ton because caleb finished it and i have not finished it yet um but i did i did i thought about finishing it because i bought the remaster on ps5 but i ended up playing miles morales instead so um you know there's only so much time and i i it's not that i don't want to play the dlc you know what i mean but it's it's just there's only so much time and you you know how it goes caleb but um well it's it's okay we all know that you just really hate spider-man yeah exactly that's exactly the main reason is spider-man is just the worst uh it was trash it should have never been considered for game of the been considered for game of the year 2018 no in all seriousness this game does kind of have kind of a cool story to it um you know it was in development for quite a bit of time quite a bit of time it was in development for quite a bit of time and uh, shown off at several e3s and there was a lot of speculation as to how it was actually going to translate oh hey there i am we're back now i hate stupid internet always ruin things caleb how are you doing though um i'm doing good yeah nothing too crazy um i'm in the middle of a snowstorm right now or as they call them up here a nor'easter so that's fun um but yeah it's been good my uh, awesome brother-in-law recently got me a switch as an anniversary present um and that's been a lot of fun been uh playing uh i actually started breath of the wild which has been fun it's a you know kind of a different game but i've been liking it and yeah it's just fun to have that and playing that enjoying that but yeah everything's good nice that's awesome yeah uh the only brother-in-law on um your your uh you know the other side not 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 uh your wife's brother like not your wife's brothers but your sister's brother you know that's that's like the ultimate yes kind of no i'm just kidding yeah no i'm i'm happy i'm happy you have the switch i really am happy you have the switch because i think you're once you find the game that like clicks with you the most then it's like okay i it's always kind of the thing of like I need to have a Nintendo console so I can play this one title, like, or these few mm. titles, you know? And I think the love of that kind of grows into more titles. 
And uh, apparently, if your name's Ethan Maestri, you think that uh, Nintendo is going to have a quiet few years and then just going to become like non-existent and uh, stuff like that. So I'm, I'm going to get. Did you see that by chance on Twitter, Caleb? Nope. <laughs> I'm going to have to send you a uh, some stuff. But if he's listening right now, which he, he probably is, I think he was. I think he listens to Game Club. He comes on the show every once in a while. I had to give him a. I have to give him a hard time uh, for that, but. Um, it is kind of one of those things like the switch is so niche, but that niche is so still so big, you know, it still is just a Titan and a Goliath of a property. Um, and it is funny. I think a lot of people will buy playstations and play a lot of the titles that come out on playstation, but I don't think a lot of people that play that buy switches play a lot of the titles that come out on switch, um, for a few reasons, the biggest one being they never go on sale. They're always super duper expensive. Uh, so it feels like you kind of have to pick and choose the ones that you want. But I feel like there's there's a couple games on Switch that everyone gravitates towards. And um, I, I think, you know, it's it's turned into a portable indie machine at the same time, too. Um, so I'm, I'm glad you have one. And I can't wait to find I can't wait for you to find that one Switch that grabs you. Hopefully it's a game that we can play together. That'd be great. You need to try out Ninjala. Ninjala is free and I haven't gotten to try it out yet. So there's that. But. Either way, people aren't here to talk about us freaking talk about, um, you know, the Nintendo Switch, even though it's awesome and it's sold like 80 million units now. Um, we're here to talk about Spider-Man 2018. So here we are. We're talking about it. Also, we have a guest on the show. His name's Quill. He's my puppy. He's uh, in the I, I turned my hoodie around because we saw this trick on TikTok not too long ago. Me and Emma did where you can put your dog uh, in. If it's small enough, you can put them in the hood of your hoodie. And they just stay there like a little kangaroo. So it's like basically we're marsupials today. Um, but uh, hope he, he took a nap. Hopefully he's not going to be making too much noise or causing too much too much of a ruckus or a fuss because that would be irritating. Um, but yeah, special guest, Quill. Quill, say hi. Um, Caleb, I wanted to ask you as we get into this review for Spider-Man 2018, what is your experience with like the older Spider-Man games? Um, so when I was a kid... Um, my first real gaming console was a uh, Xbox. My family had a Nintendo 64, but I was really little. I think my dad played it more than I did. So uh, we had an Xbox um, and I had the original, it was just like Spider-Man movie video game for Xbox. I think mm -hmm. it came out around the same time as the movie, movie maybe like 2001, 2002, whatever yeah. that was. Um, I loved that game. Um, played through it until my stupid like six or seven year old like uh mind couldn't get past a certain level like there was a level where you had to raid oscorp and there were all these like robots inside of oscorp and i could never uh, get past it and they floated <laughs> uh, they they flew yeah right yeah and you had yeah. to wet yeah dude i remember that yeah i could not get past uh, it but still i would go back and i would replay it i still remember you know the you had boss fights with the uh uh, green goblin and i remember the one with craven the hunter where you'd fall into a pit of snakes um I love that game. Played that game a ton as a kid. Um, I never owned Spider-Man 2, but I feel like I rented it back when you actually went to like a Blockbuster or whatever, and you could actually rent video games. I rented that game at least a couple of times and loved it. But for some reason, I don't know if I could just never find it at like a GameStop or I just never had the allowance money in order for myself to buy it. Um, I never was able, I never bought the game, but I, played it and rented it several times and loved it but never bought it and then past that i don't think i ever played another spider-man game until um spider-man uh 
PS4. Wow. Well, I mean, that's not too crazy because I had a similar thing where I only played the, the second one, you know, at friend's house. And then when late would later, finally, like I was like 15 at that point, you know, the PS2 is irrelevant, but I have a PS2. So I'm missing, I'm playing all these games that I missed out on. It was the same type of thing where I picked it up like for 10 bucks at a pawn shop. And I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. And that was like really one of my first uh, experiences. I had, uh, there was a, a Spider-Man game that came out on PlayStation 1 and Dreamcast. And that was a really fun game. And then Spider-Man 2, when that was more based around like the comic lore and stuff like that. Um, and that, that was a lot of fun. I remember playing those and really having a good time with those games. Um, but yeah, for me, I played Spider-Man 1 at my cousin's house. You know, the one where, did you ever, did you ever put in the cheat code? Uh, it was Arachnid was the cheat code that you could put in. And if you put in that code, you could play as the Green Goblin. No, I never did. You Man, never I used got to, to love play cheat as... codes as a kid, but oh, no, I never did dude. that. So that was one thing is you had to get to a certain point in the game, and I think it was once you beat the game like regularly. So I mean, you could have beaten it on any difficulty, but point is you had to you had to actually beat the game before you could input this cheat code. And you could you had all the Green Goblin stuff. You had his bombs. You had the like the 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 glider, like the machine gun. So you could go through the entire game, but it was weird because you're playing as Harry. So it was Harry had gotten his hands on the green goblin suit suit. So that was always weird. But yeah, I mean, I feel like Spider-Man 2 kind of came along in a time where, uh, you know, uh, you like myself, we weren't allowed to play Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, you know, whenever it came out because, you know, six and seven year olds probably shouldn't be killing hookers you know what i mean and doing all that oh hi there okay let's be real for just one second nobody ever likes asking for subscribers no one no one wants to ask you to click the subscribe button and to click the bell but this is your obligatory uh you know time if you want to subscribe to the channel this is just your reminder to do so i hate doing this stuff i hate putting this at the beginning of the video but statistically it just makes the most sense to say it at this point because I enjoy doing YouTube. I love being a nerd. I love doing what we're doing here at Wannabe Critic Productions. And if you want to be a part of it, make sure you click the subscribe button and click the bell. You'll be notified every single time. Thank you for putting up with this. Let's get on to the content. Uh, so it was like the thing of there's not a ton of games out around that time period that are quote unquote kid friendly, right? And here comes Spider-Man 2 and it's awesome and like was taken super duper seriously and like was beloved and uh scored really well if i you know if i remember correctly go ahead yeah and specifically open world games yes um where you could go around because yeah that's the thing is like those grand theft auto games they're such a i think they have such a legacy because they're open world games and they're these sandboxes where you can go and do anything but when you're a kid and you're not going to play a violent you know game like that or you should um or yeah and you shouldn't like yeah. um you're kind of your options are limited yeah so it was awesome to have a game where you can just swing around manhattan and you know go out and be a superhero it's like what every little kid would have wanted to do yeah totally and i mean obviously it was kind of derivative of things that had happened inside the movies right and more specifically spider-man 2 the spider-man 2 movie um, but there was a lot of side stuff too that came out. And then they, they tried to basically recreate that same formula on the Xbox 360 uh, and PS3 with uh, Spider-Man 3. And they kind of got there, but it, I think they it just didn't quite fit the same way for me. I feel like Spider-Man 2 really kind of hit the nail on the head in, in a really good way. Um, 
so we fast forward, you know, years and years later, of course there had been like, you know, like web of shadows, which I've heard is a really good game. We had, uh, you know, like the futuristic Spider-Man game where like you play as a few different Spider-Men. Um, there was like the amazing Spider-Man games that had come out, but none of them had really, you know, taken off, uh, the way that Spider-Man 2018 did. So whenever, you know, the news hits a few years ago, like late 2014, late 2015, I believe, um, you know, that insomniac people that are behind, you know, the ratchet and clank games are taking on a Spider-Man game. Um, the, the news kind of really just pops off. It's like, Oh my God, this is going to be incredible. Then there was like the, I don't know if you ever saw the discourse on, you know, in the news about the puddle situation, like the E3 demo, the puddles weren't quite as defined in the final product and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, but it was just stupid stuff. You know, point is, is 2018, we basically got, and I think my there, there's a meme that like perfectly sums this up. In Ratatouille, whenever the little, whenever the, the the critic, you know, the food critic tastes the Ratatouille, and it takes them back to being a little kid, and it's like, oh, this is just how my mom used to make it, right? That is exactly what Spider-Man 2018 has done, and it is. I mean, we're not the f- first people to say this, obviously, but it literally feels exactly the same as as, the version of the game that lives in my head as a you know six or seven or eight year old of like the smoothness and the way it felt whenever i was a kid that's what i'm seeing in spider-man 2018 and that's what it feels like um for in spider-man 2018 do you think that's a pretty fair assessment yeah no i i definitely do because yeah there's a sense of nostalgia to it but even this game isn't a game that's completely rooted and where it's found its foundation isn't just nostalgia this game is a good standalone game and i think that's why it's so popular but yeah for us in our age group and what we grew up on it hits that sweet part sweet spot of both being a nostalgic game while also still being a really really good standalone game by itself and that's what makes it awesome yeah no i totally agree and you know I think the, the the thing that they're trying to sell us is like, oh, you know, he's been Spider-Man for a while now at this point, right? Like he's kind of been, he's kind of getting old, you know, and there's a lot of things that kind of pick up story-wise for Peter Parker in this game. And I was wondering, do you think you could kind of like briefly summarize the story for Spider-Man 2018? Yeah, so you have Peter Parker. He's, I think, supposed to be like 23 um, at the time of this, um, he is broken up with Mary Jane. Um, so they're not in a relationship right now, but he's put most of the Sinister Six into, um, I can't remember what Rikers or whatever yeah, it is, or Rikers the, the, the raft, the raft. Yeah. The raft. Um, so they're all imprisoned. So he's had all of these battles and everything. Um, he's working as an, uh, uh assistant to, uh, Otto Octavius, who is, you know, in the middle of trying to develop this amazing, um technology to try to help people who you know are missing limbs um so he's helping uh, doc ock with that but he's also involved in taking down um wilson fisk who is um wow yeah kingpin duh um so (laughs) that's kind of your opener which is a really cool set piece of going in and taking down kingpin um but you also are seeing that he has all of these contacts we see because he's been doing it for a while um, you know, whether it's Yuri, his police officer friend, or, you know, you do eventually kind of mend things with Mary Jane. You have um, Aunt May, who's in the middle of, you know, helping people at the homeless shelter, all that different stuff. Um, but then they're kind of, he's kind of noticing there's this group of people that start terrorizing the city. And 
when they take down Wilson Fisk, there becomes a power vacuum in New York City um, for crime and villainy and all of that stuff. And there's this group that kind of is coming in and trying to take everything from Fisk. Um, and they're called the demons. And they're led by this mysterious guy and they have this mysterious powers and they're wearing these creepy masks. Um, and they basically, you're trying to figure out what are these people, who are they being run by and what is their ultimate plan? And then you kind of go down that storyline and that takes you through basically the whole game. Yeah, that's that's a really good summary. And it's kind of crazy. They, they, they really masterfully wove multiple narratives together. Like your main narrative really is, you know, the demon um, gang, right? Yeah. But there's other gangs you have to take out too. But they're kind of like the big baddies of the whole thing. And I feel like in a lot of ways, they executed a lot of these stories really, really well. I felt like the auto story kind of suffered a little bit um, because that ends up being like the last thing you do in the game is kind of deal with him. And mm -hmm. it kind of goes hand in hand with, with my few complaints that I have about this game. And really what I think kind of may have held it back even from being in the conversation for really being in the serious conversation for game of the year um in 2018 because as we know 2018 god of war took it you know there was there was a lot of speculation as like oh um you know assassin's creed odyssey could have won it uh you know red dead redemption 2 could have won it all these games and then i feel like spider-man just didn't quite make it sure it could have been nominated and i think it was but it just didn't quite make the cut for some reasons and we'll get into that in a little bit but overall i have to ask caleb do you like this game yeah, no, I, I do. I love this game. It's probably, it's one of my favorite games that I have for the PS4. And it was an absolute joy to go through and uh, get the platinum trophy for. So we talk about like these system sellers, right? Like I think me and you have had this conversation before. Like if, if you want to play Horizon Zero Dawn, nobody's going to make fun of you if you buy a PlayStation just to play that series. I feel like a spider-man and horizon are a one-two punch if you want to buy a playstation because i think about you know what should a system seller be i think it's it should be accessible and like should be games that pretty much anyone can play like you know anyone can pick up and play and obviously in this day and age you're, you're, it's going to be hard for you to find a game with no violence you know or no swearing or whatever it's it's a relative sense of you know family friendly quote unquote and I think for in a lot of ways, like for the PS3, I feel like in a lot of ways it was Uncharted too. Like if you wanted to go buy a, just a good action game, like, you know, I, I remember hearing stories about people playing this like with their, you know, it was like a father-son type game and like, oh, I played that with my kid and all this stuff. Like I'm glad I bought it because it was like a good game to buy for that system. I feel like that's exactly what we have here with Spider-Man 2018. And I think it might even be a better candidate than Horizon. Because it's the same story. Like, you can't get that game anywhere else. You can only get it on PlayStation. Um, Horizon kind of sells a, a different experience, but I would argue that that experience isn't quite for everybody. Um, it's challenging. It's hard. But I never once did I feel like I was being annoyed or I was being, I, I was, I was being challenged too much by Spider-Man 2018, so far at least. And I think I played on normal the first time. Um it's just a solid all around, you know, good game, but it does lack in a lot of ways. And as much as I love the game, there are some things that I'm not crazy about. Uh, and we'll get into that in a little bit, but Caleb, I wanted to ask you, what were like your favorite moments of this game? Ooh, um, favorite moments. I, uh, 
I enjoyed all the times where you get to play as different characters. I know that's kind of a controversial take, but those times that you get to kind of um, sneak around and play as Miles, like that scene at the, it's a Mayor Osborne campaign rally and it gets bombed. And you're, you basically, Peter gets knocked out and you take over as playing as Miles, who was also there, who's going out and trying to find his dad, who basically saved people's lives and fell on the bomb and died but anyways you're sneaking around and you're trying not to get caught i love those stealth aspects of it or even the times playing as mary jane i enjoyed those just because it was a nice break um other moments there's a really cool like car chase moment where you're going through any time where you're you know going through and there's these really cool set pieces where you're basically having to you know you know make your way through like debris and rubble and things that are falling and scaffolding and all this different stuff those are really really cool really well done it does a good job of kind of um yeah of taking these important moments and making them seem like really really big if that makes sense and kind of like this is an important moment and highlighting that um but yeah i like to you know just I don't know. I, the gameplay my, is probably my favorite thing of this game, though, like when it comes to actual things I like. I know that's not necessarily a favorite moment, but it's just it's so good. And any time that you find yourself surrounded by a bunch of, you know, good goons that are trying to get you, it's such a, I don't know, good combat system. Um, between swinging around and comboing and you know using your gadgets to take guys out in a very non-violent way <laughs> which is kind of interesting for you know a game like this but yeah even if you're on top of a building and you kick somebody off of a building you web them to the side of the building so they're <laughs> yeah so it's it yeah. goes out of its way almost to not be you know brutally violent so yeah it's I, and i appreciate that but yeah i don't know i don't it's... know if those are good. no yeah, opinions. I, no, I think that's great. And I think you're saying a lot of things I love about the game is, you know, I love action. I don't love violence. Like, you know, I, I like an action packed game, you know, like a car chase scene, whatever. And the way that Insomniac, you can kind of see their humor and kind of that ratchet and clank humor a little bit in this game with the gadgets and just the way you interact with goons and stuff like that. Um, you can totally see that, yeah, Spider-Man doesn't kill people. And, and it's funny, we're going through a similar type of game. We're going through, you know, Arkham, the Arkham series, me and Ethan are. And it's interesting how you have two different games that are trying to make you feel like their respective heroes. You know, I feel like the Arkham games do a pretty good job of making you feel like you are the Dark Knight. And the Dark Knight is relentless. Like, he does not let up. He doesn't kill anybody but he might as well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're drinking their dinner through a straw for the rest of their life. You know, a lot of those goons. Um, Spider-Man never makes you really feel like that. You know, it makes you feel like they, it makes you feel like a, it is It is a very much boom pow type situation. Um, very comic booky, like uh, campy in a way, almost at times. Go ahead. Yeah, it almost feels like uh, Adam West Batman-y kind of. You yeah. saying Boom Pal like that. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds yeah. me of that. But yeah, it, it is. And, uh, you know, this just popped in my head. I think my favorite moment in the game is the uh, Raft prison escape, where basically all of the, you know, the Sinister Six are getting out, basically. That's a really cool moment where you're basically going from villain to villain. You're chasing Electro around all over the place. And it's it's chaotic, and it's really, really cool and just seems kind of almost overwhelming during the moment which is a really cool feeling 
Yeah. And I mean, it does a really good job of like setting up the game for you. It's a really, it's like, oh my God, like we are in for a surprise here. Like we're in for a treat. Not only do it, you know, like we, we are really in for a meaty experience and mm-hmm. I don't know what my play clock was at the end. I think it ended up being around like 30 or 40 hours is what I put into yeah. it my first time around, which I mean, that's a long game, like to, especially to platinum. it. I think that's why I got to platinum it, which by the way, if you're going for the platinum trophy, anytime you see a crime, just do it, just yep. do the crime, like just do it. Or else yep. if you're going for the platinum and you don't do that, you're going to be struggling to get the tokens you need at the end of the game. <laughs> So just do it. Um, take it from us. Did, did you learn the hard way, Caleb, like I did? Um, no, I kind of went. I, that was the thing. So when I platinumed it, it was my second time playing through it because I played through it um, when it came out. And then I played through it again a month or so ago. And I kind of had a plan. I was like, all right, I can go through. I can see all the different trophies I need to get. And I can see that if you just are skipping through things, coming back to those things is going to be kind of difficult and yeah. burdensome. So yeah, anytime I saw a crime, it's like, all right, I'm going to do it. Anytime I'm near a research station, okay, I'm going to do that. Anytime I'm near a fist construction site, okay, I'm going to do it. And kind of take this long laid back approach where you're not just flying from you know main story point to main story point and just taking those times to kind of like, while I'm in this area, I'm going to do these things and get those out of the way. So then, and then go to that next thing and that helped a lot because and it didn't it didn't make it feel as burdensome and then you're enjoying all of those various aspects of the game i think in the way that they wanted you to enjoy them because yeah it's not going to be enjoyable when you finish the game and then you have to go around and do all of these other little things these all these other cool mechanics that are cool in their own right in the game but then it's just going to feel like a burden at the end so i would tell you if you've never played this game before or if you're playing it to want to platinum it take your time with it and do all of those little side quests while you're there. Like if you're near a research station, don't pass it by, just do it. And you're probably going to enjoy the game a lot more for it. Yeah. I I agree with that. Like I took it kind of like zone by zone. So like whenever I was, I would just say, okay, like to kind of mix things up a little bit, I'd go, you know, from research facility to like a, a hideout or, you know, like go from zone to zone. That way I knew I didn't really have to come back to that area again. Um, you know, and there's no better feeling than whenever you do everything in the game and then whenever you beat the game, the platinum trophy pops. That didn't happen with me for this game, but it, you could very easily do that, um, which is, is a, you know, which which is a cool feeling whenever that happens. And I would say Horizon and I think this is a weird thing to say. I think Spider-Man is the better platinum um, just fun wise, uh, just because it's a smaller world. Um, it's easier to traverse. You can get around faster. And, you know, if there's someone that like wants to feel the the feeling of getting a platinum trophy for the first time, I feel like this is the perfect game to do it. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm kind of opposite of you though. You know, there were things that I really loved about this game. Uh, you know, the combat's awesome. We kind of touched on that already. The dialogue, the voice acting is awesome. Like how there can be two separate occasions like where yuri lowenthal the guy who voices spider-man he'll be swinging through and like let's say he's taking a call from mary jane or whoever it is and he like kind of sounds stressed as he's swinging through the city but if he's not swinging he totally sounds normal um so just like kind of like taking a d you know kind of having that level of detail there um really adds to the experience for me 
but I'm kind of the opposite of you, man. I did not like playing as Mary Jane. Like the Miles scene was cool because it was pivotal to the story, yeah. but playing as Mary Jane was was kind of I understood like it was it was cool for the story. I wish I could have. I feel like I could. It would have been cooler to be Spider Man and have to sneak around, <laughs> you know, than um. And I think that was that was one of the main complaints a lot of people had was like this would have been way cooler if we had to like not be seen as Spider Man rather than Mary Jane. But you do kind of have that sense of vulnerability because you're playing as a girl. Um, but it is kind of interesting how everything I struggled with in this game, they totally fix in Miles Morales, um, which will be interesting whenever you get to it. I wanted to ask you. And I, I didn't have any like a favorite specific moment myself. I enjoyed the entire thing for what it was, but I think the combat, just knowing that I was going to have a good time no matter what I went to go do, whether it was a research facility, I wasn't crazy about the um, the challenges inside the the lab. You know what I mean? Otto's lab. That wasn't my favorite thing to do, but oh, the little puzzles. Yeah, the puzzles and stuff. <laughs> like that was that was yeah. fine. Um, I'm not a huge puzzle guy, but. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I enjoyed most of the game, you know, and I, I can't think of any specific moments. Obviously, there's some big plot, you know, there's some big plot things. They really set up Miles' story uh, in this first game and continue that in Miles Morales, which I'm sure we'll get to eventually. Obviously, a big spoiler if you haven't played Spider Man 2018, now's your chance to like avoid all spoilers because it's going to be spoiler heavy from here on out. Um, you know, just having Aunt May die, that was sad, man. Mm. Like, that was, that was really sad. And I didn't really see that one coming. It's like now Uncle Ben and Aunt May are both gone, which is a weird feeling. Um, you know, Miles, he has superpowers now, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. which kind of see that set up, you know, things like that. Um, obviously, the guy who who's supposed to be a good person, the guy who runs Feast, right? He ends up being the bad guy that's running the demon clan. Uh, the demon mm-hmm. gang, excuse me. And uh, that kind of ends up being one of those things. I, I like whenever they make the good guy seem bad and the bad guy seem good. Like you kind of have mixed allegiances. Like you can kind of see where they're coming from. But ultimately, you know, it's good whenever the bad guy ends up being truly flawed at the end. Um, but I think those are those are probably the biggest spoilers. I, except at the very end, whenever, you know, uh, the, that last cut scene, whenever – Norman Osborne goes into his little cellar there and and Harry has been, you know, kept inside of a a back to tank, basically, (laughs) for lack of a better word. And it looks like uh, it's been experimenting with Venom. Uh, The symbiote is kind of what it looks like. So that'll be an an interesting take, you know, to see where Spider-Man 2 goes. But I would say those are probably the biggest moments. Go ahead. Yeah, I would say, too, one thing I appreciate about this game is what it does with its villains, because really you have two main villains here um, and they kind of almost take opposite character paths because you have Martin Lee. And, you know, if you have if you're not, you know, below the age of eight years old, I think you can figure out pretty quickly that he's, you know, he's the bad guy behind the demons. Um, and you know that, and you never really understand why he's doing what he's doing. But then towards the end, you start to recognize, oh, because he was a kid and he was mistreated by Norman and by Otto, um, but mostly by Norman, experimented on. And now he has these powers and he's wanting to get revenge for that. It makes it a little bit more understandable and relatable, right? Yeah. So you, I appreciate that. Anytime that they make, instead of making the um, villain completely evil, you know, they're a bit relatable. You can understand where they're coming from. I like how they do that kind of in the opposite direction for Martin Lee. Also, his parents, I think, are both dead as well. And he's trying to avenge his parents um, because of that experiment. 
Um, and then with Otto, who's the other, I'd say, main villain in this story, they do it the opposite way. They're kind of building his character, you know, in the more traditional sense of he's relatable in the beginning. And you can kind of see how he's gotten to where he is, where he's turned evil and he's kind of orchestrated this whole ter terrible plan. Um, and I love that reveal where you basically go into Otto's secondary lair and he's gotten all he's broken all the guys out of raft and he's promised them all these different things to like help them um and gotten all this technology for them you know for scorpion electro and rhino um and whoever the other one is that i can't vulture. remember vulture yeah vulture <laughs> um so uh but it's kind of cool how they develop him in the opposite way to where it's more traditional so i like that um i think both of their characters are really good and i Anytime you have a good villain, I think it makes for a good story. And this, that's kind of what you get with here. You get a couple of them. Yeah. And you get, you know, kind of what they did was they kind of gave us one that was already developed, one that was developing, and then one that was kind of getting started, uh, you know, with Norman, Norman, um, Otto and Martin. Right. And yeah, I think they, they did a good job. I think they did a really good job. Um weaving those narratives together to where we care and we want to see this thing through you know never once in the game was i bored really um i really enjoyed the experience with it except there's one major we've been praising this game for about 30 minutes now you know 30-ish minutes but saying all the things we love about it and kind of talking about how it synergizes really well you know everything kind of works together really really well you know all the mechanics the mechanics with the story with the the performances and everything works really well i kind of wanted to transition in and, and see you know what doesn't really work for you in this game is there anything that you can kind of think of um nothing to think nothing too big um it's more of just like little annoyances which i think are common for just about any open world game um i don't super care for the taskmaster uh challenges any time oh, challenges like that where and that's the thing too, is uh, you have to keep going back and doing them um, the way that they've made them and getting better, which I get it. It's a game. You're supposed to do stuff like that, but it's just kind of annoying when you're trying to platinum it at the end. Like that's kind of like the last thing I had to do is go back and like, I have to get silver and gold on these, you know, taskmaster challenges. And some of them are pretty difficult. Um, and you almost have to be lucky in order to get the right thing because you can't really see how you're scoring either. So uh, it's, that part's kind of annoying. Um, and I'd say the story's pacing is a little odd. Um, it seems like the first two acts are pretty long and take their time to kind of develop. Um, and the third one is really rushed. Um, and maybe they did that intentionally just to make it seem more intense. But that kind of just seemed like a thing to me. Maybe that's just me, but it seemed like the pacing was a little off where the first two acts really take their time developing and are kind of almost go slow. And then the third act is rushed really, really quickly and things escalate really, really quickly. But I don't know. That could just be me, too. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you on that. Um, it the story, the, the, the pacing does feel off a bit in some areas. Um, it still makes me interested in wanting to do it. And I feel like this is a really good game. Like if you're going to spend time in a game and you want to feel accomplished, I feel like this game does a really good job of that because you have all these little mini things to do. Like whenever I, all the backpacks got unlocked where I could scan them all, I literally swung through the entire city to get every single backpack as soon as backpacks were unlocked, like immediately. So like, 
little things like that can really add to the experience. Um, and I think it, it does do, you know, the, the pacing is off in some, in some ways. And I feel like there might be certain things I wish I would have done while I was in a certain area that the story didn't push me, you know, that the story didn't push me to. It's like, Oh, if I, I want to know what happens in the story, but I also want to do this other thing. And you kind of get, get caught in a middle point. So that can kind of throw off the pacing a little bit too. Um, how did you feel about the boss battles in this game? Uh, they're a little anticlimactic. Um, <laughs> like, especially like you start out with that one with, uh, I would guess you start out with Fisk, but also like that one with Shocker. They're over pretty quickly. Um, I always had this feeling like, man, with the boss battle, you feel like, man, I'm going to try this a couple of times and die. Yeah. Um, I never really had that feeling with many of the boss battles um, or I never felt like super intimidated by them. It was just like, all right, go do these couple of things and it's it's over. So that was kind of the thing with those. Super formulaic, right? Yeah. And then you ended almost every single one, I think, with a quick time event, right? Where you have to- Yeah, like... basically. Yeah. So that's honestly- this might be dumb that takes that 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 part takes away so much of the game for me because we've been doing these you know the the boss battles from the games that i played in first and second grade you know were more sure they they had a formula to them but they were harder they were harder than all the boss battles in this game and you, you have this moment right where auto you're fighting auto and i think the auto is the biggest one for me auto the, the fight with doc ock let me down the most because you're supposed to have this like super like father-son moment basically type thing like otto's been kind of like a dad to peter for you know quite a bit of time and Otto reveals to him like i've always known that you were spider-man pretty much like since that day in the lab like i've always known type thing and sure that adds like another layer of like emotion to everything that's going on but at the same time it is hindered by doing the same animations and hitting the same buttons over and over and over again to where it just adds such a thick layer of cheese to the experience. And what's messed up is you could have taken a formulaic experience and not had it be a quick time event. That is the biggest, like, this isn't 2007 anymore, guys. Come on. And, and, and I don't know. I don't know the reasoning why they did that. Maybe they did it intentionally because of nostalgia i guess but no one wants to do that and i think that that is it's interesting to say and i'm not trying to give anything away from miles morales but they fixed so many problems i had with this game in miles morales and honestly the boss battles man the thing the thing that i am going from like martin lee's boss battle i thought was was better you know much better it was the most unique of all of them for sure yeah, yeah i mean like it kind of reminds, I mean, it just, it was formulaic, sure, but it was the most fun. I felt like he was really the main bad guy of the entire game, but really like the, and I get, and I guess in a sense he was, but they really tried to sell you the whole Doc Ock thing because of Peter's relationship with him. And whenever you have a big moment like that, I just think playing it safe, that's what they did is they played it safe and they didn't take liberties and they could have. And that's what's the frustrating part is like, guys, You've made Ratchet and Clank for like a decade now. <laughs> you can do what it's like. And I get it, you know, getting Spider-Man and, and I don't know what kind of higher up decisions got made and stuff like that. But it just it, it was too sad to see them not take chances on this first game because it could have made an even bigger impression on me 
than it did, you know, originally. It could have made an even bigger impression than 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 what it left on me had the boss battles just been a little more than being formulaic. So yeah, yeah. No, I have to agree with you. Um, like I said, they they're less than fifty percent because I'd say Martin Lee's is pretty unique. Um, and so is like the any time with Scorpion where you're kind of like you're poisoned. Yeah. Like that whole sequence where you're poison and you're running around the city and you can't like touch the ground and you're all like that stuff. That, that part basically. Was, yeah. Yeah. You're hallucinating. Um, those are really cool to speak for how unique they are, but like er, everyone else is just so, yeah, it's kind of formulaic, normal, nothing too special about it at all. Just, yeah, and, yeah. And I think for me that that's, that's the biggest disappointment is just, you have potential, you have like legendary characters that you can have boss battles with in this game. And they're just not good. The best, the best boss battle in the game is like, is one that no one knows anything about, (laughs) you know? And it's, it's like, okay, all right, whatever. Like, I understand, like I said, I understand playing it safe, but you didn't have to like, so I'll be interested to see where they take it, especially after playing miles. I'll be interested to see where they take it in the second game. Did you have something else? Yeah. I just, I do think it's interesting too, and it'll be interesting to see where they take it. They could go various ways in the next one. If we're getting a symbiote or if we're going to eventually get a green goblin. Um, But it seems like all of the bad guys too, they're just these normal guys that are in suits, Um, like basically like Iron Man type suits. And each one does their own little unique thing, but there's nothing really special about, that person i mean the you have rhino who's just this ginormous guy but still he's he's just he's in a suit and so is everyone else and i kind of almost wish that we hopefully will get something different if you get something where you know green goblin where it's like yeah his body's been kind of like taken over because he's been you know poisoned or whatever you know it is you know something a little different or if we're getting a venom or carnage or something like that that'd be cool to see something a little bit just different and not as not just another guy in a suit. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And it's interesting how it, there is a, there is a, a huge upside to playing it safe though. And that is whenever you play it safe and then you like knock that out of the park and you know, like we know as players, you're capable of taking chances and like having them land, especially what I've seen out of miles so far we've had our new hope type moment basically with these first two games. It's, it's going to be super interesting to see where the second game goes and what kind of like empire strikes back moment we're going to have in that second game, because they've set us up like everything's so triumphant and like victorious. And yeah, like the good guys won to now. Okay. How are we going to make them hurt? You know what I mean? How are we going to make these players feel, you know, oppositely about what they felt already? And I think they're definitely, I have a feeling that that's kind of what they're going to be going for in this second game, especially tackling the dynamic from Harry and just the symbiote. If you do any research on where the symbiote comes from and what it is, it is a super dark storyline, actually. And a really, really cool character. So there's lots of opportunities for things like you were saying to just be much more interesting um, with, with this with the second game that comes out. Because I mean, go go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, with the second game, it might be better. Uh, a less is more, because you count them up in this game, and you have, like, eight major villains. Yeah, Because, totally. let's see, I'm just thinking, you have Fisk, um, Shocker, Scorpion, Electro, um, Vulture, Rhino, Martin Lee, and Doc Ock. It's seven villains. I don't think I missed any, but that's a lot of villains in this game. Yeah. Like, and they're all... These, I, you know, for most of them, they're these iconic villains, and each one could have a game just for themselves. And I'm just trying to think of, okay, what could we be getting in the next games? Like, it'd be super cool if you got, you know, more of, you know, Norman turning into Green Goblin. Yeah. That'd be a cool setup. Or if you wanted to save that for a third game, you could do it where it's just about the symbiotes, which is yeah. kind of what it was alluding to in the end. Yeah. And I think you could do a game just symbiote based and be totally fine with it not have to have all these villains that are just kind of grasping for screen time yeah no i agree i mean if we had basically like a if you made it symbiote based and it was venom and carnage i mean that's huge or the first game you know the second game was basically just venom and then maybe carnage comes in the third game along with like a you could do venom and green goblin in the second game and then that would make more sense for Carnage and Hobgoblin to be set up in the third game. Um, but I totally agree with you. you have, there's a ton more side characters that you can explore. I mean, you have Sandman, you have Craven. There, there's a Mysterio. lot of Mysterio. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of opportunity there to tell a really cool story. Um, but no, I totally agree with you. And, and you know, basically the, the biggest outcry, I love the suits. I love how they give you so many different suits to play with and like swing around and how the abilities, like you have your gadgets that do different things with your abilities. And like, you have basically like your ultimate power that, that is spe special with each suit, but you can change that ultimate power once you unlock that suit. And it's just a lot of customization, a lot of freedom as, as a player. And um, it, a big outcry that people had was like, where's the symbiote suit? And they're like, oh, we're saving that. Like they didn't, they didn't come out and say, oh, we're saving it for Spider-Man 2. But if they're not going to put it in this banger of a game, you know what I mean? Like, what the heck? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. There better be good reason for it. I was going to ask, what was your favorite suit to, to use? Or not even like the power, but just visually, like what you enjoyed using. The Tobey Maguire suit. Yeah, that one's good. Like it's, that I, one in. Yeah. Also, the um, I really liked uh, the all white suit was really cool too. Mm. Um, and then also there's another there's an animated suit that I really really liked. I think you got that from the DLC. Um, so I think yeah. that was the one I was swinging around in the most because I'm in the middle of the DLC right now. But there's a lot of what, what about you? What like there's a lot of cool suits in there. I I, I really like the one where he's just bare chested and like. <laughs> No, I'm I'm kidding. Um, I was gonna say I, uh, he's in his underwear, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I would go back and forth between the Tobey Maguire one, and uh, most of the time it was the Scarlet Spider. I really love that suit. Yeah, it's that's a really, a really, really cool, cool suit. suit. Yeah. yeah, I I just love. You can tell that th their team they love Spider Man, and whoever they had, you know, kind of helping them on the Marvel side, they'd be like, oh, "I'll be a cool idea to like put this thing in there." Or, you know, hey, the fans on Twitter are saying they'd like to, they'd like to have this. And even a year and a half later, they throw in the Amazing Spider Man suit, or two years, or I guess, yeah, two years later, they throw in the Amazing Spider Man suit for PS Five. So you know, like you can tell, it's nice to see such a a, a comp, not only competent developer, but a caring developer. A caring developer listens to the feedback and makes changes. Um, you know, that the fans want, unlike <laughs> Destiny. 
uh just saying um but i just i love oh go ahead no i was just gonna say and that kind of shows again um you got basically the um tower from the amazing spider-man's uh the um oscorp tower from the amazing spider-man movies you had the avengers tower from the avengers movie um you had what was the uh sanctum from you know dr strange there was you know definitely there was some call there was a one of the locations you had a photograph was the uh murdoch and uh nelson yeah um firm from daredevil Daredevil. there were a, a lot of really cool little things it's showing that this world is bigger than just you know the uh you know than just manhattan just spider-man there yeah it was it was cool well and i just think about too like what i love how they have set it up of course we don't know what's down the pipeline right but i love how they have set it up for things to kind of come in it's like hey hope you're ready for this specific like uh, avengers dlc or maybe there's even god just give Crystal Dynamics, just get rid of Avengers, sell it, sell it to Insomniac, let them develop, <laughs> you know, and event, like, ah, God, I just want, I want a, a Spider-Man slash, like, I just want an Avengers experience on PlayStation only, like, only PlayStation can have it, <laughs> you know, because it's like, I feel like that's the only person that could, pe- there's, I feel like that, that those are the only people that could be trusted. How dope would it be for each studio to get a Marvel property to develop? And like Sony has their basically MCU and it's all games that talk to each other. That would be absolutely crazy and insane. Like if if Yuri if the the Yuri Lewenthal Spider Man showed up inside of like a Doctor Strange game. God, Naughty Dog. Could you imagine if Naughty Dog did like a Doctor Strange game? That would be insane. Like, oh God, I just a man can dream. It'll never happen. But to go to your point, yeah, I love that they've set things up for just in case. Or they make yeah. us think, you know, this world is bigger than than what we just are seeing, you know, just with the experience that we're having, which is super duper dope. Um, yeah. How is the DLC? I, I do have to ask. Does it basically just continue the story? Does it? Because I've heard people say like it's basically like half half the time of the main campaign is about what, what you're looking at an hour. It's about twelve to fifteen hours. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would say it's about that, and it's pretty well paced i enjoyed it a lot actually i like the dlc um and it's fun to go through the story's good um and it's a little bit more grounded which is cool too um and you're kind of cleaning up some various loose ends from the main campaign too which is cool while also leading in to even miles morales um and probably leading in also to the uh next actual spider-man game so no, I liked it a lot, but it would be cool to maybe get like, you know, even just Daredevil as a playable character in DLC or something like that in the future. Dude, um, yes. And and just just another note, I don't think we really touched on it, but the uh, um, the map is amazing. Like the actual open world of Manhattan yeah. is amazing. Of course, it's not completely accurate because there's no way you could accurately portray um, a city the size of Manhattan. Um, but it is really really good really awesome and it's amazing just going around to all the iconic spots in manhattan and you know being there and it seems so alive and you can go to the street at any you know anywhere on that map and there's people everywhere you can you know interact with them interact with various things in the world it's such a cool cool map and uh 
yeah it's just it makes it that world just feel so alive and it's awesome yeah super lived in and yeah. yeah i mean just like one of my favorite things to do was like i would just i'd be swinging and people would be like oh my god it's spider-man and then i just like do like a swan dive to the ground like kind of barrel roll out of it you know what i mean or like somersault mm-hmm. out of it and like just kind of like just start walking and you know you could throw up the fingers you know what i mean like the, the loser shooters um at people you know like you'd be walking and i think that's kind of an homage to spider-man 3 you know what i mean yep. and i just i love i love the little the little like nuanced things about the game you know it does it does a really it does a really good job in so many aspects um but yeah i mean spider-man 2018 it's been triumphed as one of the best games on playstation uh one of the best games of 2018 and just an overall great experience, you know, a, a good, what better way to set up a series of games. And now, you know, the critically acclaimed Miles Morales has followed. It's about the same length as your city that never sleeps DLC, um, you know, and, and really Miles Morales is basically just a standalone glorified DLC. That's fine. Um, it's still a good game. And we, I, I definitely can't wait for you to get to your PS5 so that we can talk about it. Um Caleb, I don't have a ton more to say about Spider-Man 2018. What do you say we score this bad boy? Yeah, let's do it. So just so you know, the Wannabe Critic Productions is officially moving away from decimals. So uh, I know, I know, I know, I know. I didn't take it to a vote. I made an executive decision. I know it's, but it's, 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 it just makes you, it's, it just makes it rating one step harder, but it's, it's one step harder. It's gotta be true. Like <laughs> at that point, you know what I mean? And it's, I think it makes for much more interesting conversation once you do make yourself say like, okay, no, like this isn't a 0.5 or a 0.7 or a point whatever, like this is this and this is how I feel. And I think it, you know, it gets, it'll be interesting to see how Mikey reacts. You know what I mean? Once we start scoring stuff with him, cause he loves to throw in the decimals as well. But what is this game out of 10 for you, Caleb? Um, it's a nine. Um, are there things wrong with it and a little annoyances? Yes. But is it a must play experience? If you have a PS4, yes. Like you, you probably, you need to play this game. Um, it's, it's really, really good time, really entertaining. You can spend as much time as you could possibly want to in this game, or you could go through the story and it would totally be worth it because the story is pretty good too. So definitely a nine must play game. And see, this is why I like doing the no decimals because the easy thing would be 8.5. Like that would be the easy thing to do. But for me, I have to ask myself the question, is this closer to being an eight or is this closer to being a nine? And while I do think that the boss battles really take away a lot from, from the moments the game is trying to sell, at the end of the day, those are just a few moments. Um, and there's such a bigger experience to be had. So I, the question is that being, is it closer to an eight or closer to a nine? For me, it's closer to a nine. Um, so I got to go with you, Caleb. I think that this is a nine out of 10 experience um, in, in so many ways. And I, I basically agree with everything that you just said. Like you, you got, if you have a PlayStation, you haven't played Spider-Man, like, what are you doing? Like quit listening to this review and go play it right now. So mm-hmm. there you have it. The official wannabe critic game club productions score is in fact a nine for Spider-Man 2018. Caleb, I, I'm super duper happy with that, with that score. Uh, you know, I, I know you're holding out for the PS5, but if you did want to experience Miles Morales, you could just play it on PS4 and have an pretty much an equally good time. Um, but I understand it. I'm, it was the first game I completed on PS5. So, you know, it's, 
like that's also one of the games that I show people when whenever they you know would come over. I'm like, oh, dude, check out the PS5 and you know swinging with the with the adaptive triggers and stuff. It's just it, it's better to just play it and then also replay Spider-Man 2018 like I'm playing right now, um, so I can get another platinum trophy. Actually, I already got another platinum trophy for it. Like it just gives you the platinum. Um, <laughs> like it just gives you a whole other set of a whole other set of trophies, which is kind of funny, but you know, there's that. So, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to our review of Spider-Man 2018. We really, really appreciate it. Make sure you peep those links down below for uh, discounts on various products that we are affiliated with. Uh, It would mean a lot. It keeps us relevant with them, makes them happy, makes them feel good for taking a chance on us. Uh, Definitely make sure you keep an eye on the podcast feeds that we have going that are down there below as well. You know, we have the Wannabe Critic podcast. Uh, we're full swing in let's plays right now, or I am at least on the YouTube channel, which is a lot of fun. And, um, there's more projects that are popping up that don't necessarily involve me all over the place. So be on the lookout for that as well. But, um, thank you for listening. And, uh, Caleb, where can people find you? At chief in NY 18 on Twitter. So you can hit me up there. There you go. Chief in NY 18 on Twitter. This puppy finally woke up. He was sleeping the whole time and now Aww. now he's all wired. He's trying to eat my uh he's trying to eat my my microphone. So he probably has to go poop or something. So until next time, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and thank you for preparing yourselves for a plethora of hot takes and potentially unpopular opinions. We will see you next time. Say goodbye, Caleb. Adios.